TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 444, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm Executive Director of Screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Muse Sun, I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, I'm David, I'm an assistant editor, I work in uh, Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we have that the Friends reunion special has been bid... Outbid and it will be going to HBO Max. So, for those wow, so the we were never going to do a Friends uh, uh, reunion is now actually happening. Yes, no, it, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, just it's a, a retrospective. It's, it's not an actual episode. Oh, right. Oh, thank you. It's a what? And it was always going to be on HBO Max. Well, they said there was a whole bidding war. It made it seem like there was Wait. a thing. No, that that's bogus. I, because I, I didn't HBO hear Max it. Has, what is it? It's, it's, a not a, it's not an episode. It's just it's a, a talk reunion special. So, it's just all the cast members talking about how this show made them filthy. Stupid. Like an after show, after series. Oh, show. got it. No, that's got not it, that interesting okay. at all. Why does anybody care? Never mind. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all six of them are going to be in the same physical space again. All right, all right, guys, guys, guys. Okay, let's go back to the news. Um, Sandra O. Oh, has been cast in a new show called... It's a new dramedy for Netflix called The Chair, and it will be executive produced by our favorite EPs from Game of Thrones, Dumb and Dumber, as I like to call them. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Sandra Oh, but I have I am boycotting those two idiots. So Well, to be fair, Amanda Peet is also an executive producer, so... Mm. She's outnumbered. I know. <laughs> and she's, she's isn't she married to one of them, isn't she? Oh, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah. Nope. Scratch that. What'd you say, David? Is she still on Killing Eve? Is that still going? Yeah. Killing Eve has been renewed for season four. Yeah. This cool. is only a six episode series, at least. Yeah. If she's it has... got some off time. She's got some off time. Uh, next piece of news I have is Denai Guerrero has just signed a two year overall deal with Disney. For uh, it's basically a first look deal, so she has to come up with shows. And I was like, wait, she hasn't even finished executive producer one show. She's in the middle of shooting her very first show as an executive producer, and they're signing her for a two year deal. Uh, we want to be in the Denai Guerrero business, apparently. And I think Disney's like kind of mad at her for not selling, you know, her show to them or something. And and they're like, fine, we're locking it down. Um, I, I was just impressed. I was like, wow. All right. Um, next is that the Mr. Robot, uh, showrunner, Sam Esmail, I think that's how you say his name, is, uh, doing a show called Gaslit based on a really popular podcast and he has got serious star power. It will be starring Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, Army Hammer, and Joel Edgerton. And I was like, wow. whoa. It's, <laughs> it's like, is this a it's, movie? It's a TV show? What? It's a new take on Watergate. Right. Coming. But, His home, show, homecoming show. 
Yeah, and it will be on Universal Streaming Service for the people who don't have that streaming service. Is that Are you talking Peacock? about Peacock? Yeah, Peacock. Yeah, I think it's called yeah. Peacock. I think they're branding it as Peacock. Whatever. It's one oh, that I don't have yet. Dumbest name ever. Uh, Witcher for season two has added Tormund Giant Bane. Uh, also, and I only say that because I cannot pronounce his actual name. Uh, I was like, I the looked at it. Crushing on Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, yeah, ginger red hair giant from Wildling guy. I love it. I yeah. love it. I'm super excited. Of Tarth. Yeah. Uh, and the blacklist has been renewed for season eight. Uh, wow, that's all the that news still on the air. Really, that's is that, that show still on? Yes, Who, and I'm still watching it. Watching it. I'm oh, watching are? it. Leave me Good alone. Lord. All right, Tom. Wait, did he to... turn out to be the okay. father or not? Hey, 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 hey. No spoilers. Go ahead, Tom. Okay. News. Um, CBS All Access has announced that Delroy Lindo will leave the good fight at the end of season four. Uh, HBO Max has greenlit a reality competition business series called The Big Shot with Bethany Frankel, but it's going to be completely different from The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Right. Uh, Netflix has promoted Priya Ferguson, who played Lucas' little sister, to series lead for season four of Stranger Things. Oh, I the love Paramount... Sorry. The Paramount Network has greenlit season four of Yellowstone, and Taylor Sheridan, the creator of the show, has inked an overall deal with Viacom CBS. And finally, Patina Miller from Madam Secretary will star in the Power prequel series Raising Cain. Wow. They're doing like three spinoffs for Power, and I feel like they're doing a prequel and two sequels. Wow! It was the show that popular. I feel like the show wasn't that popular. It's probably the only show they have that 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 uh, plays well with an urban audience. If you get my drift. Okay. Is it like a tent pole thing? Like it's just is that like the what? Who? What show is that on? What state? It's on Stars. It's on Stars. Stars. Anyway, yeah, I read an article from the the guy, the uh, the CEO or the whatever, whatever, and they definitely are kind of trying to build their brand around like shows. So like they're all in on the Outlander, and it sounds like they're all in on Power. Like That's they just awesome. they know three sequels is over all in. Like Game of Thrones is doing one. Like you know, I'm like what? Well, they they tried to do more than one. It just it didn't well, work. They, de- they like they developed more pilots, but they wanted to figure out which one was the most viable. Right. Uh, so stars is just doing everything. They're just like throw them all against the wall and see what happens. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's let's talk about the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about Doctor Who. And this episode was uh, basically it was a haunted house. Is really what it was. And you just happen to have famous writers inside the haunted house. And it all turns out to be that the house is haunted by uh, House Defense Network trying to keep out the lone Cybermen. The Siberian. That, like, Quicksilver stuff. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was called. Um, And for a haunted house episode, I thought it was actually pretty good. It was a little scary. It was tense. I enjoyed it all the way up until they revealed that it was the lone Cybermen. And then the Doctor became stupid for the rest of the episode. So... I, I feel like that's the that's the mo for the show. I feel like even when they have a <clears throat> excuse me, even when they have a good premise, at this point, um, they kind of drop the ball. They just get lazy, you know. And it's and also I feel like they go counter to who the who Doctor Who is. Um, you know, they're just kind of making it up now. I mean, not making it up. If they just go with the simple 
obvious, lazy kind of ending. So I agree with you. I thought the episode was atmospheric. I thought the costumes were actually pretty on point. I mean, it yeah, seemed like I was watching good it. Too. about it. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that, yeah, the, it was moody. The lighting was good. The costumes were very Jane Austen-y. I thought the acting was really solid. Um, it was it was a nice mystery. I was like, what is going on? You know what I mean? And I was trying to figure out how they were going to tie it to, you know, some Dr. Whovian kind of a villain slash theme. And so I really, I did, and I agree with you. Just at the end, they dropped the ball, and there was this big, long debate about the one versus the many, and the, oh, we have blah, to rest. Blah, 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 oh, yeah, exactly. It was, exactly. It was too long, that argument. Yeah, no, it was too long. And I will say this, I said this earlier off off show, but um, I did not know, of, co- I, of course I knew who Shelley was. And as Tom said, you know, he's mo- mostly known in, in general public, I think, for being married to the famous writer um, of oh, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley. Mary but, but yes, but but um, after the show, I, I Googled him because I was like, is he really that much of a five minute debate on a show? Kill him. Don't kill him. And it turns out that he was like a revolutionary radical, someone who but, inspired so many poets and poets of poets and stuff. Yeah, that's I don't care about any of that. What I care about I <laughs> No, but I'm saying what I care about is the doctor is has been in many situations where a certain a really important so. person from history is on the line. It doesn't matter who that person is, but it's happened over the course of what, thirteen seasons, fourteen I don't even know how many seasons we're in, but a lot of seasons. And the doctor always figures out a way around it to save whoever they need to save. But and couldn't figure it out. Yeah, because it, it was just yeah, yeah, it was just dumb. I was like, "Are you kidding me? You gotta you gotta hit from the future that well, this is terrible and it's gonna kill everyone and millions of people also, are gonna die if you do this." Well, also though that it was very clear, and again, it was a very lazy way of doing it. But it was very clear that they were setting it up, you know, to show up. You know, it was going to be a thread, and maybe that was the whole, you know, here's going to be our our story, our mythology story that you know weaves through the entire season, and he'll pop up again, and it'll be like a a big deal. But even like I said, even the setup was lazy. I mean, we get it; we see everything that's. You know, they could have done it in a way that seemed inevitable, but the way they did it did not seem inevitable. All right, anybody else? Other thoughts? Other thoughts? I have a slight bone to pick. Go ahead. Is that there is a movie called Gothic from the mid-80s, basically about the same setup. You know, um, long story short, they have have a horror, horror writing competition, which results in Mary coming up with Frankenstein. I thought that this would tie in more with the historic, you know, try to kiss history a little bit more instead of doing this inane Cyberman thing. So I just thought, uh, you opportunity lost. Yeah. Or at least that, you know, seeing the Cybermen is what inspires her to write something. Right. But I just thought it was... Yeah, yeah it didn't go I mean, anywhere. Well, it, was, it, was, it was good They did setup. make an allusion to that at the end. They did. He was like, keep on writing. Wink, yeah, wink. Whatever. You know what I mean? That's not important. Uh, uh, but, oh, wait, David, you said you, you'd seen this. So what are your thoughts real quick? I uh, I'm still I remain unimpressed. I'm I'm it didn't wow me. I'm still kind of watching because I'm loyal, but I haven't loved an episode for a while. Anything in specific about this episode that you were unwowed by? Um, just that it was a fairly predictable, and the Doctor wasn't really as uh, entertaining and and Doctorish as I'd like the Doctor to be. Okay, all right. Moving on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. 
this episode, we finally are done with the whole three, the big three and their, I didn't think particularly great flashbacks, but it's the big three and whatever. And now they've gone up to the cabin, just the three of them, and it's all flashbacks and flash forwards. And I actually did like this episode more because the three siblings were together as adults and talking about their problems and their issues and whatnot. And I did like the, oh God, Toby having his mini emergency with the baby and then baby Jack. Yeah. And really kind of coming down on, why are you finishing my sentences? (laughs) I'm in your mind. (laughs) But I just love that moment where he's like going over the star, the star Wars action figures and explaining to, to Jack with sound effects, you know? And I thought that was really sweet. That was a very good moment for me. I thought it was a, that great was a great moment. I thought it was a great um, arc, you know, the story about Kate and her relationship and that coming to a head um, in the past. You mean like her mom? Oh yeah, yeah. With her with her boy her boyfriend who I wanted to strangle like every second of that episode. Oh. Um, and uh, just coming to seeing them come together and you know more of the the bonding with the family, even though Jack's not there. But I did love the Toby time, the to- Toby story with his bonding with little Jack. So uh, I thought it was a great episode. And the, and the ending is very, you know, dramatic and, you know, miss, miss, missing their father and seeing the house on the hill and the whatever come to life. It was really cool. I thought, I, I yeah, it. I really like the flash forward where they actually build a house. Right. And because you, you've seen that flash forward and you don't know where you are. And I like that we now have figured out where we are. Because oh, we've seen, seen that. yeah, we've seen that flash forward a bunch of times last season, and we've seen inside the house, but we had never seen like where that house was located. outside. Outside it the house, focus now. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really great. It's like everything is coming together. We still don't know exactly why everybody's at the house. What kind of emergency is happening? Um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this episode. All right, Tom. I hate talks? to be a Debbie Downer. Debbie, and you're a Downer. Go ahead. I didn't. It wasn't my jam. I, here, here's the problem I have. I like the Toby stuff with Baby Jack. I thought the the the, the storyline with in the past with them dealing with the a hole boyfriend that might as well have been written on autopilot. <laughs> and, well, he and was he was a two dimensional bad guy too. And, and the and the storyline <laughs> in the present day also felt it was a little bit on autopilot because the um. Kevin not copping up to the fact that he slept with, is it Madison or whatever her name is? I just thought that that was, you know, it was just very tropey. So I'm not a fan of this episode. Sorry. Debbie, stop being a downer. Okay. Uh, I, I yeah, obviously me, me and David disagree, okay. but you know, everybody can have their opinion, even if they're wrong. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're going to find out what's up, Schitt's Creek from Yusun. Tell us what you know. Just a, just another shout out to Schitt's Creek. Um, the series is ending. It's after six seasons. All five are on Netflix. Um, this one is only on pop right now. I'm, I'm sure it'll go to Netflix when it's done. Um, yeah, I just I think it's I think it's an important show because I want to talk real quick about representation. I think this is why it's really important. Not that they're look, we 
people being out is still an issue, especially in the industry. Um, I think more so for actors, people in front of the camera than people behind. Um, but still, Dan shit. Um, sorry, Dan <laughs> Levy is you know one of the co- the showrunners and the executive producer and the writer, all that stuff. Um, the thing I love about the show is, first of all, it isn't just about being uh, openly gay or being in a couple. Um, what I really like about it is that it's so natural. It isn't a big deal, but yet it's not a nothing deal. I mean, it takes the opportunity to kind of really um, give a very natural, non-soapboxy um you know, but not shying away from, you know, not kissing on camera or not dealing with issues of intimacy or, and I'll, I'll give you a very specific scene. I thought it was so sweet that Dan's character is marrying his boyfriend and um, it's, you know, it's, they've taken it over the seasons, the last two or three seasons and it's done so sweetly. And there's a scene where his father comes in to speak to the fiance and it's just done in a really sweet, lovely way. Um, kind of, you know, that kind of like, take care of my boy kind of a thing, you know, what we would normally typically see a father saying to the fiance of a woman, but without it being treacly or, or saccharine or, or like I said, soapboxy, it was just done so naturally, so sweetly. Um, And the, the fiance kind of interrupts the guy and the father because the father was having a lot of difficulty with it, but it wasn't because it was a gay, you know, relationship. It was just, that kind of normal nervousness a dad has about, you know, someone marrying their, you know, their beloved. So um, I love it. I think that's what the show is all about. And I um, it's absolutely become a phenomenon. It's everywhere now. They are on every single talk show. It's all over Twitter. And I want to say these two last quick things. Um, One is apparently (laughs) there is this huge movement now. There's a catchphrase from the show called, ew, David, you know, and multiple characters say it, but mostly the sister says it. Uh, That's actually not true. The mother says it as well. Anyway, people are now um, getting uh, personalized license plates all throughout the country and Canada. And there's even like a map of, of like the countdown of people are like, I got the one in Jersey. You can't get it. You know, and then people are like taking I'm photos try to get you of that. back them. to the point. Can we get yes. roll back, please? Sorry. So, no, and I'm, but the point is that it's really become a cultural phenomenon. And I, I really think that, um, and I was the one last thing about Twitter. There was a 71 year old woman who talked about how she was like, I wasn't a supporter of this and I'm not this. And, you know, your show has shown me that love is love. And so I, my point is that the show does a great job of representation and you know and i think that it's important but yet still really funny and it you know it's too late to obviously you know watch the sixth season but go ahead and start you know and if you want to binge like a crazy person you can like finish with the end of the series as it ends i think there are like six more episodes anyway that's it all right let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about young sheldon and this week's episode, uh, Sheldon wants to go see Carl Sagan, who is giving a lecture in California. Not Carl Sagan. Who is it? Who did I say? I said Carl Sagan. Good Lord. You it said was, Carl uh, Sagan. It was, uh, oh, uh, help me out. Stephen Hawking. Thank you. Yes. It's a scientist. I was right. Just, you know, the wrong one. Um, and, but he's giving a lecture in uh, California, and Sheldon wants to know why it's such a hard deal for his parents to fly him out to California for this lecture that he obviously wants to go to. And I like this bit where his sister points out the fact that he basically gets everything he wants, no matter how outrageous it is. 
And she gets nothing. And she's like, you have to learn how to deal with it and, you know, take the blow and whatever. And he goes, yeah, that's why you get nothing, because you roll over and deal with it. And I was like, wow. That's an interesting life lesson for, like, ten-year-olds. Um... But then at the end, he still does get what he wants, which is he negotiates with his school and gets them to do it. By no, it, no, he he tells Doctor Sturgis. Oh, who grandma, then negotiates with the school? Yes, yeah, yeah because the the uh, yeah the, the college where he goes wants to keep him as a student. They as want long him as happy. Possible. Yeah. Ironically, uh, him going to Caltech is why he ends up going to Caltech. So yeah, there, that, that there's is a funny. nice moment. There's a nice moment where he's looking at the lunchroom, the cafeteria, which right. we saw in Big Bang Theory all the time. All the time. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But it was... And think, then, go ahead. I think this show is an unsung hero. And, you know, full disclosure, one of the co-executive producers, Jeremy House, a, a good friend of mine. But it's the Wonder Years with Sheldon. And aside from getting to fill in the backstory of, of the character and meeting his family, and they cast the family so well... Um, it's got a lot of heart to it. Yeah. So, I like the, the fa- I actually like the Sheldon. father, the no, the son and mother, uh, their fight about, <laughs> about privacy so, and lying and. Right. Uh, oh, but uh, you may not know this. Zoe Perry is Lori Metcalf's daughter. Who's Zoe Perry? Zoe Perry plays Sheldon's mom and she is oh. the daughter of Lori Metcalf who plays grown up Sheldon's mom. Huh. That's pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's it, great. It's a great family show. It's funny that there's so many shows basically copying it now from from mixed dish to the forthcoming Young Rock. But Young Sheldon was first. Yeah, and I and I love the end. The end was really good when they get on the plane because Sheldon's afraid of everything. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising that he he would be afraid of flying and not even think that through until he got on the plane. Uh, that's a that's a classic Sheldon move. And I like that his father's gotten good at how how to handle him when he's like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice, sweet moment, too, at the end. So yes, it was. Thumbs up for that for me. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Stumptown. And I ha- hate to bring you bad news, Tom, but the ratings are really low on Stumptown. Yeah, i like, Really, really low. Not even, like, kind of low. Like, CW numbers. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, CW. I know, but CW only requires a certain level of ratings to keep a show That's on the air. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, well, yeah because but other networks, you, you can't... Go ahead. As long as you deliver the audience, the size of the audience that you promise the advertisers, you're good. Right. The problem is Sumtown is not doing that at all. Um, so I do not see it long for this world. I don't either. And I'm, you know what? The show has done its job by uninvesting me in the characters anyway. <laughs> so I won't. So <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, listen, I, listen, I said this to Olivia the other day. I was not as on board as it sounded like all y'all were, but I liked it and gave it a chance. And I, and I can, I, I grew. I started to like it even more. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I can get on board with this. But unlike a show like Rookie, um, where I thought like it's it's continued its trajectory every season, every episode. Well, there's only been two seasons, I think, but you know, mid season, then towards the end, whatever. And when they killed off the 
the captain, I thought I was going to be really upset, but they, they picked it up. So for me, I feel like they dropped the ball. They, they have that whole side of the Indian reservation aspect. And that woman, uh, the leader, the chief is an excellent actress. She is underutilized. That whole storyline is underutilized. It would be such a great opportunity to shine a light on the Indian, you know, the First Nation, you know, Native American issues uh, of, you know, all of it, the alcoholism, the schooling system, all of that. And I I love that scene, if we're talking specific scenes where they were chasing them, you know, uh, the police were, and they ended up on the reservation and they were like, nope, get off, you know? And then it turned out to not even be true, but, you know, the cops were like, oh, okay, you know? And so for me, they dropped the ball in that area. And then who, who they have left, I mean, the the tr- love triangle is kind of fallen apart, which that's okay for me because I thought, well, that's such a trope. Um, but at the same time, well, then there's kind of nothing to invest in 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 in, in a, a relationship. Then a love relationship, a romantic relationship, isn't a terrible thing. And then they've added um, extra focus on the taco guy, and I was like, he's the least interesting, and quite frankly, annoying. So and I'm like, added focus on the cop and his family, and I don't care at all. Yeah, I don't care. I'm, wondering, that. I'm wondering if the whole card card car thief ring was kind of the the downside of oh yeah dark they they spent a lot of episodes on i mean they they spent three or four episodes in that and that was that that could have been spent with something else a little bit more interesting a little bit more character right exactly the only thing about the show the thing about stumptown that i like is that it's fun and it's funny and all those extra storylines that they've added are none of those things they're not fun they're not funny correct um, yeah. I w- I'm more interested to see everyone's relationship with Dex and how they all fit together as like a team and they're not, they're splitting everybody yeah. up and they're each yeah. doing their own thing and it's not interesting. Yeah. So I am yeah. not actually a fan of Stumptown right now. I'm sorry, Tom. Uh-huh. I know it's your show. What, yeah, I'm, I'm, what, I'm what losing you, my grip also. What did you think of Gray uh, catching up with his dad and Dex's search for her parents? I'm curious about Dex's search for her parents because the way they left was just, like, mind-boggling. I don't understand. So that's interesting. I don't really care about... uh, Gray. uh, Yeah, I was like, what's his name? And his dad? Yeah, I'm like, that's a very... Like, I've seen that a million times where the alcoholic guy gets sober and then starts a new family and forgets about his last one. Yes, I've seen that already. It's not that interesting. And they didn't make it interesting. So I don't care. Um, There's just... Now it's almost like half the... I did enjoy Dex sneaking into LA, going to LA, sneaking the onto the set. The case of the week was kind of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Well, that mainly because fun. we are all in the fun. business, and so we were just like, ha, 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 you know, just like all those... <laughs> we get true. all of that stuff. So I thought that, that, that was super cute, and I did enjoy the actual case, but all the extras, all the stuff with everybody else, oh my god. It's not working. I feel like this and could have been a great opportunity. in weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I love her. No, but Livia, I agree with you. I I agree with you. I really think that um, they had, you know, it could have had more like humorous beat, like a moonlighting. You know what I mean? Like funny and offbeat, but still like a cop drama with like tension. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I I do. I think. They're not doing it. Yeah. All right. They're not doing it. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about magicians, uh, and this week's episode is complicated from the last two-parter, which was when they <laughs> broke the moon, 
And this week's episode, they were like, some idiots broke the moon and moved the moon. and na- Well, it's not even the broke it, because now it's the- it got moved. They're like, some idiots moved the moon, and now nothing's working. And I really like that... And her feelings are hurt. <laughs> yes, and her feelings are hurt. And I really like the... Uh, the prof- No, the Dean... I love the Dean coming back and not being the Dean and like being the evil version of the Dean. And I have Psycho to, Fog. Psycho Fog. What was hilarious was the Todd because the one I was, that exploded. Yes, that totally <laughs> took me. I did not see that coming. Like I was like I was just as stunned as they were. I was like, oh <laughs> That was fantastic. I love this show, man. And it's what's so great is to be honest, now that Quentin's not here. Um, even though, you know, Quentin, everybody misses, but Quentin was the, the, the slog for me to get through. But now that he's not on the show, like, I love everybody. Like, all the storylines, no matter what's happening in the storyline, I'm enjoying it. Um, I like the stuff there on Fillory. All that stuff was good, because we finally find out that the Dark King is actually dark. Yep. Um, and we, we, yeah, all the stuff is coming together, man. I'm loving it. And I, oh, and Penny's uh, fight with Julia was good. That was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, but it was good. It was poignant. It made sense. Well, it was realistic. Yeah, it was like all he was like, "When is it going to be enough? When do, when we save the world fifty times, fifty one? Like what what what's it going to be? Like his arguments were all good arguments. So is Alice getting a little jungle fever? I don't know. I they did kind of set that up to where it looked like at least he was interested in Alice. Alice was kind of like a little oblivious or kind of ignoring him a little bit. Here's but, the big problem with with Quentin and Alice. Boring. Yes, together they're oh both God. boring it's characters, like, and put them together, they're double boring. Correct. It's like it's like white Wonder Bread with mayonnaise and a slice of Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> They were I, so dull together. Oh I my mean, god! They, they looked pretty, but in terms of characters, <sighs> yeah. And the new what is what was he a botanist or whatever? He was at uh-huh. least interesting, and he challenged her a lot. He was like, "Because your yep. math is always right, right?" Like he was good. I liked I liked his attitude, and he's definitely I'd say he's definitely interested in her, but I'm not sure if it's reciprocal or not. But. I, I mean, sure, if they want to go. We only have, like, four or five episodes. If they want to go there and give her her happy ending, well, they, I'm okay with that. they do 13, that. so. Yeah. So, I'm okay with that, if that's where they're going. Uh, he was interesting. Um, but they've broken everybody else up, pretty much. <laughs> Except for Elliot and the Dark King. <laughs> well, no. El- to be fair, Elliot and the Dark King are not exactly a couple. They've never slept together. Yeah, but they want to be coupling. They Elliot do. Wants they want to be coupling. <laughs> But now he fi- Elliot found out he's evil. And, <laughs> like know, that would stop Elliot. <laughs> well, it would give him pause. Like it wouldn't actually stop him from sleeping with him, but it would, it would it would stop him from actually being loyal to him. How about that? Yes. <laughs> um, as long as we understand our Elliots, I think we're fine. <laughs> I love Marco's toss away line about about. Uh... Oh, what's his, about Josh being at his at his niece's bar mitzvah. mitzvah? It's like that boy is ridiculously loyal to family, <laughs> <laughs> and she was annoyed too. She was like, instead of, of spending she's instead of spending time with me, he's got to spend time. She hates with, her family. Oh, that's true too. Almost everybody uh, on this show hates their family. Uh, most of them have good reason to. Yes, that's true too. But yeah, thumbs up for magicians. Oh my goodness, loving it. I, yeah, I. I remember there was like a soggy season two 
somewhere in there. But ever since then, it's been pretty good. It's been really on point. This show is fantastic. Please give it a shot. All right. Right next... around the time they started really cussing instead of the swear words out. Oh, bleeping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. And this episode was the second one, I think, this season directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yep. And, and overall, I would say I liked it except for the glaring, yeah. bizarre, eye patch, terrible French accent version of what was happening. I felt like I was what watching. What was that about? I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought that was symbolic of the whole episode. I mean, for reals. I thought his that, that scene, that moment to me was literally representative of the whole episode to me i was like what is happening this guy looks like a pimp this guy looks like <laughs> you know reject from pirates of penzance i'm like what the other guy i mean on? well i know I, I don't say it's representative it of the whole ep- no it's not the whole no, episode because mess. the no, first mess. let me talk <laughs> The beginning of the episode was actually very kind of traumatic and dark and and disturbing. Remind remind me? Remind me what happened? uh, They tortured this guy to death and ripped out his eyeballs. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought that was a different episode. No, you're so right. I stand corrected. I mean that the 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 comedy bit was so uh scarring to me that the, I forgot the first part of the episode, which was you're absolutely right. I totally stand corrected. I I literally thought it was a different episode in my head. <laughs> so, right. No, sorry. Yeah, that Go part ahead. that part and and, and and like Tom and somebody else told me and Greg was very upset about that scene because each app apparently yeah. was on two seasons of Voyager. Yep. And uh, that was a very I've graphic seen all of Voyager. That yeah. was a very graphic way to kill a, 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 a this, main character. I was like, holy crap. This, this yeah. episode's been really controversial among hardcore trekkers because you brought back two characters from, from Voyager. Others well no one one character from TG, one character from Voyager. You recast both roles and you yeah. killed both characters. It's like, yeah. what, what, whiskey tango frostra. I mean, <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus, plus the tone thing. Yeah, the yes. tone thing was weird. If you're going to do All a comedy episode, do a comedy episode and maybe have a dark twist, but to yep. start dark. It was yeah, super dark. Bits, like I, I literally dark, couldn't double dark for the ending. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't look at the screen. Like when they start, yeah. I was like, "Nope, can't look at the screen." Um, I... And it was it was super dark, and it was it went that way for a while up until they came up with their heist idea, and then it became Ugh. a heist film. I was like, "You're right." It feels like they took two different scripts and mashed them together. Yeah. But and, then you have that yeah. you have that double dark twist ending. Oh yes. yeah, that was she great. Totally like, right, but know, that's what I'm saying. Anger. They mushed them together. I didn't say they put one yeah. at one end and one at the other. I mean, yeah. they literally melded them because I really yeah. did. Once you understand who Ichab was, then I you understand that Seven of Nine is not going to let that woman go. Like that's not no. happening. Um, and so I really I, did like that. I thought that was fantastic. I, actually, here here's what I will say. I did like that tiny little move where ugh, I don't know who he is. I mean, I know who he is, but I can't remember his character. Rios. I'm so disappointed in his character on the show. Um, I couldn't remember the other. It was Musketeers. I saw him in, and he had so much swag and so much charisma. Anyway, I, that scene where he left the transporter thingy, the badge, very, um, very, you know, kind of, well, it was obvious to us, but he just kind of left it on the transporter. Right. Um, but, you know, 
thing. I thought, oh, she's dead. I was like, she's not. So this is not a confrontation. This is a, you know, and so, you know, there were moments here and there, and you're absolutely right. The beginning, listen, I, I, I told you I'm a delicate flower. I do not want to see that kind of stuff. So I look at creative license. They can do what they want. It's, you know, I'm not making the show, but it was really hard to watch. I was a fan, actually. I know we're in the minority, but I, I watched every single episode and the whole season of Voyager. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great, but it was fun to watch. Um, and I, I was, I couldn't figure out what I was watching at first. I thought, okay, maybe this is a dream sequence. And I was like, even for a dream sequence, this is really hard to watch. And then I was like, ugh. And I texted a friend of mine and I was like, this is not your father's Star Trek. And I was like, I don't know where this is going. And then and then to have that tonal shift, I, I'm going to have to blame not just the script, but probably Jonathan Frakes a little bit. I don't know if there was much he could do to like fix it in the direction, but it it was really one of my least favorite episodes, not only of the series, but of all the discovery and the Picard, all of it. I, I'm, I'm not unhappy with the series, but it really was off-putting. I thought the funny bits were funny. I thought the, the hard stuff was too hard. It was, it was really not a great episode for me. They didn't and I have loved to be that show. graphic in the each Yeah, See, that was super graphic. Because that was that was. Agree. I'm like, ew. I had to look away. I, I, I did too. Rather, I didn't. I didn't watch I it. I didn't even have. I didn't even know the character, and I couldn't watch it. So. Um, and the um, the thing with Jurati, I thought, you know, I've never trusted her, so that wasn't a huge surprise. Sure, Jurati, what are you talking about? Jurati ex uh, killing Maddox. Ex- oh, well, because I think that they set, I think they set that up in a way where one, you saw her meeting with the Romulan person pretending to be a Federation Vulcan. And I got the impression, based on everything she said, that she was just a regular scientist. The first time she met Picard, she was just a regular person, regular scientist. And then she got recruited by this organization, and they showed her something. Now, whether that something was a lie or the truth, but they showed her enough to make her a believer. A believer so hard that she killed her lover. So, And that's another thing. I'm sorry, that was kind of skeevy for me. Oh, yeah, it was, absolutely. The, the age difference, it's like, you know, it was obvious that he was some kind of surrogate father figure slash mentor, but for them to actually be lovers, ill. Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> disagreeing with the you factor, but I'm just saying, based on, I'm curious what they showed her. And to me, I feel like her character's not irredeemably evil. I think she's been told something that may or may not be true. And, I think it's the destruction. It's interesting. I think that's I think- the angle. I think she's been told that the the that the genetic the twins. Well, there's only one of them now. Um, are it's it's leading up to that whole destroyer thing. I think they're trying to. They've explode explained to her that they will bring on the end of the world. So right. she's like, oh god, you know? whatever. Yes, but sorry. I mean, I, I want to see. I kind of want to <laughs> see what they showed her and whether or not it's true or not. Like that, I'm curious I'm sure about. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure they- uh, so I'm intrigued more than disappointed by that storyline. I think that's actually the most interesting thing they did. Um, yeah, but I agree with Tom. The way they did it was, you know, just kind of schemey, and I, I never trusted her either. And especially because, like you, you even saw it. I thought they were trying to be a little more ambiguous and like, ooh, twisty. But you already knew that they had turned her in that meeting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I didn't. So yeah, because like, it was like, I, well, what was the meeting about? And she was like, oh, I didn't tell them anything. And I'm like, I don't believe you. And yeah. the fact that Picard that did believe her was weird. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. That, 
right. Well, green. that's all oh, we oh, have. What, to... what, do, what do we what do we think about? Um, oh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Michelle Hurd's character. I loved her, her scene just... with her son. I thought that was great. Rocky. Her son just oh, reached the right. Yeah, I Excellent. thought that was great. And That's what I liked, the... I loved is that he tested her. She was like, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. over it. I'm not into that anymore. I'm totally fine. He goes, really? So it wasn't a conspiracy at all. She's like, of course it was a conspiracy. She just loses it. And he was like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. No. Yeah. I thought that right. was great. I thought that all of yeah. that was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. So that's why I think it's, I feel like it was a couple of scripts that somebody put together. As one script. They somebody was like, I have a heist idea. And somebody's like, I have this idea. And neither one of them are long enough to be a, one full script. And so they put them together. And it was, but it the, just didn't work. But the, the, yeah. it was just a single writer, Kirsten Beyer. And yeah, it was just an example of your A plots and B plots should somehow intersect. Yes. Or at least when they have the similar tones. Or, well, or thematically. And, and, yeah. And- yeah, and I think we have to put that at the doorstep of Jonathan Frakes a little bit. I do, I well, do. I, I don't know how he could have made it better, but I do. Well, y- yes and no, because he's not a movie director. He doesn't have the authority that you're thinking. He's a television no, director. television director. But listen, my, my point is this. Uh, I, I don't want to put all the blame on the writing. I think that it's a, you know, I don't know, maybe the editor too. I just, it was a mess from beginning to end for me. I agree. But I don't think we should just lay it all on the uh, on television, the writer. Uh, 90% of it is on the writer. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Television is the director. Sure. The directors, they actually sometimes throw away the director's cut. The director has very little influence. The, dr- the yeah. directors are hired guns unless they're like Hannah Lee, who has a producer title on the show. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, let's talk about Lock and Key in this episode five and six. And uh, I want to hear from Yusin mainly because you just started the show like yesterday and slammed through it. Five and six, since I've seen those and you kept going, I will tell you what five and six were. Which was it was the episode where the 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 girl has the box at school and humiliates the bully and makes mm-hmm. her do goofy stuff on the tables and and just I mean takes it way too far and then the second right. episode is they go into the cave and oh, she oh, almost God. she almost drowns all her friends right oh and don't forget right. that the uh, the Joe dies oh, oh right the Joe principal was the principal. The principal. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Here, here's here's what I'm going to say, and this is not a diss. Um, I, you know, everyone's raving about it, including you. And I went into it thinking, oh God, is this going to be one of those things where like manage expectations? My expectations are too high, and then I'm going to be disappointed. Um, You want to talk about pacing and stuffing episodes and just making things really interesting? I know, obviously, a lot of shows are made to be binged now at this point. Blah blah blah, but. I will tell you this. I would, I didn't even have any like binge guilt where I was like, oh my God, this is like episode four or five, you know, because of Netflix, it just plays it, you know, and, and, and <laughs> keeps going. Auto and play. so I literally, at one point I had to pause it because the phone rang and, you know, when you pause it, the little line comes up and it tells you what episode you're on. And I was like, oh my God, I've watched six episodes. I was like, I 
could swear I've only watched four. What is happening? So the show is excellent. It it definitely um, it starts a little slow, but not that's not that I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's nice. It kind of you know eases you into it, and you kind of wonder what am I watching? How is this gonna work out? And at first I thought, is this like a Goonies thing? I was like, is this Goonies meets Stranger Things meets ET meets like I really had no idea what I was going to watch. Um, and so I'll get up to the two episodes you're talking about because this ties into exactly what I want to say is I was really curious. Um, listen, the little kid, the writing isn't perfect and the little kid is not annoying. I know I always go on about kid actors. I think he's very good in the role. Um, I think there are a few narrative choices that people make. I will not talk about episode seven, but it's a perfect example to me of like, uh, it was a little horror movie choices. Like, really? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you run out the door? Why wouldn't you grab that thing? And I thought that was a little lazy. But other than that, and of course, that little kid, I'm always like, why don't you listen to anybody? Why do you got to go to the well? Why do you got to put the key in the door? Don't put the key in the door. Like I re- so that was a little frustrating for me. And I literally had to say to myself, okay, he's like nine. He's like nine. He's like 10. He's like, I don't know how old he is. Just forgive him. You know, forgive him. He knows not what he does, you know. So um, besides that. I I thought um, the the creepiness, the mystery aspect of it, you know, all of that was great. The magical aspects of the keys is awesome. I love that it's like not even like you know one superhero with like four superhero powers. It's like limitless. It's like a treasure. It reminds me of some of the best children's books that I've read as a kid, like children's mystery books, which is really hard to do. You know, um, you know them finding a key and then trying to figure out which which what magic each key holds. That is really fun. Uh, but the last thing I will say is, um, the, but the other thing that they do really well, which was almost annoying to watch, again, not not because of the way they did it. I just mean like internally, emotionally, was the kids acting out as kids, you know, the 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 older son, you know, Tyler. Um, you know, having all these Tyler having all this internal conflict and, you know, and then, you know, um, uh, crapping out on his girlfriend, you know, for that, you know, and being at a party and then the the girl, you know, um, going too far with the music box pranks. It was all very believable. And I felt like I was watching an episode of Heather's, you know, I mean, not an episode, uh, the movie Heather. So it it is doing, I think, a great job of doing a mystery a, a children's kind of adventure, teen angst, um, you know, all of it. I think it's, and it's very fun to watch. Like it just keeps going. And I, and I would have kept going, except I thought, um, you know, it'll mess me up for the podcast and I won't remember what's what. Also, I like it so much. It's really like one of the, I'm almost done. It's like one of those novels where like, I don't want to read the last chapter or two because then I'm like, oh, but then it'll be over. So like, I, I purposely stopped to take a breath and I thought I'm really going to savor like how they resolve this. So where I stopped after episode seven, it seemed like a good natural break. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super on board. It isn't perfect, especially after episode seven. I thought, Ugh, but I was like, fine, whatever. Um, yeah. So I like it. I'm I, very, I will say I'm it, it has been renewed for season two. Yes. My, my- I read that, so I was excited. And also I read this. I, I'm no spoilers whatsoever, but I was curious as to if they were going to like wrap the whole thing up. 
Um, and I, I've read that they, they kind of do, but they don't. So obviously they left it open for season two. The last thing I will say this is though, and I said this to you, Libya, uh, not a criticism. I am surprised at how violent it is. I mean, it is, I, cause when, again, when I first started watching, I was like, oh, is this like Goonies, you know? And then like, you know, the murders are happening. And then when she throws that kid, oh. you know, through the door and he gets run over, like a 10 year old gets, you know, tra- you know, run over by a subway train. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, okay. I was like, they mean business when you're killing off kids. That's like a kind of a no, no. So I was like, okay, if this is where you want to go, I'll get on board. But yeah, so it's, it's surprising and, and fun and tense. So I, right. I like it. It's, I think, it's, you know, all right, Tom, your thoughts. I've heard that season one covers half the story. Okay. then. From the okay. graphic novel and FYI, you son, the the graphic novels are straight out horror. They they toned it down to make it a little bit more family yes. friendly. Yes, no- thank you for horror. saying that. Yeah, I want. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, did. I looked it up. I was suspicious of Tyler's girlfriend until he starts pushing her away because I don't trust anybody. <laughs> Everybody wants the keys. Anybody. Everybody totally wants the don't keys. Trust Kinsey's Mom, new... do you have trust issues? <laughs> no, not not in the TV show where their magical keys and evil people who can shapeshift possibly are trying to get. Oh, them. that's right! I forgot. We found out there's a key that changes your face, so we yes. can't trust anybody. But, yeah, um, even the girlfriend. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we can't trust. But when, when when the when background boy in in the Savinis, you know, when she tells him about the the music box key, and it's like, I so don't trust him. Nope. Oh, I don't trust him at all. He's no, 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 no. He's always been supporting her, and I absolutely think you've you've nailed it. I think he's the the he's spy, the or he's the. And I want to know what's what are what are in the photographs? What's in the box that Joe has? That right. got him killed, evidently. Right. Yes. And why can't Uncle Duncan? He can't remember anything. They showed him his memories. His memories. I mean, I'm wondering. Some key was probably used on him. Oh, absolutely. We know that. We know the key with the tree where his memories were popped up. Obviously, a key was used. So what's there not to know? His memories no. are in bottles. Well, yes. He probably knows something. He knows what happened. Right, I understand that, but I still want to know what happened that caused that to happen. Like, what event was it that they're like, whether he decided, I I don't want memories of this, or if somebody stole his memories. That's what I want to know. I want a flashback episode! I want a flashback episode. Did Dad slash imitation Chris Evans? What? Did did he murder that guy? Murder flashback Chris Evans? Did Dad slash imitation Chris Evans... Oh, he like, looks like he looks a little bit like Chris Evans. Okay, I was like, "What are you talking yeah, about?" He looks like John Corbett. He looks like John Corbett. Oh, you think so? The, the dad? Oh, oh my god, I thought look. it was John Corbett. Let, let's not let guys sidetrack. Finish your thought. Sorry. But did he really kill that guy? Well, it looked like he did. But that's the thing. No, I need no, a no. flashback yeah. episode, please. That's all I'm saying. Give me a flashback. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this show. I thought we'd have a flashback episode already by this point, and I'm really surprised that we haven't. So... No, I like it. They're throwing it out. They're like making it really like they're heavy on the mystery. I, they're doing a great job with every angle. The kids, the magic, the mystery. Oh, that should be on the title. That should be on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> you have made up the poster. You saw right. Kim, copy editor. All okay. right, but let's let's move on. Let's move on. We're we're obviously saying thumbs up. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, so we only have, like, four episodes left. Yep. So, whew. All right, I'm ready. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Hunters, which is a new show that just dropped on Amazon. And a warning, fair warning, the pilot is an hour and a half. Because I was watching the pilot, I was like, man, this pilot is not ending. What is going on? And I was like, is this a two-hour pilot? Because uh, even if it's two hours, normally Amazon breaks, gives you the hour break. So I was I was really confused. Because I was planning on watching two episodes, but then once the first episode was an hour and a half with no commercials. It was like 91 minutes. I was like, oh my god. Uh, so it felt like a full-on movie. But it was good. I mean... It was good. Everything... Somebody told me they were worried about Al Pacino and his acting, but man, they he was good. Like He was great. It was everything... That was me. You can throw me under the bus. I was afraid <laughs> that Al Pacino was going to be Al Pacino. <laughs> no, no, no. The directors keep him, you know, modulated, so... Yeah, right, he's, right. he's really... He's good. Like... I, I think he was a great actor, so you know, I, I'll if you guys say so, I will go in with that understanding. Yeah, so it's just like, but it's all from the point of view of the kid. It's all his point of view. What's the premise? The, pre- the, 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 the time period is 1977, and yep. they are a Jewish family, and they find they basically find out there's a bunch of Nazis who have escaped Germany and are hiding in plain sight. And I wouldn't say a Jewish family. Well, I mean, we start off with one family and then we expand to more. It's a, it's a grandmother and a grandson. Right. Well, they're still a family. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, but then we expand to Al Pacino and all the other people that are involved. But you find out that uh, there's this conspiracy happening and this, uh, this group finds out about it and they decide it's their job to hunt down the hiding Nazis. Um, and they have a whole procedure on how they do it and a whole, you know, it's, it's all right. Good. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And, the um, first, the first episode though, is you're coming in from the point of view of the grandson as he discovers this and it takes him a while to discover it because well, he, I feel like, oh, the, I feel like there's a lot of, there have been a lot of movies recently that kind of deal with this topic. So it seems really kind of on trend. Yeah, it's good. The, yeah. Go ahead. The cold, the cold opening for the series is a party in a suburb of DC. And oh, you know, party. that and was crazy. This, the, uh, the, the guy's there with his, you know, very attractive wife. And then she recognizes the host as a war criminal and wow. his cover blown. He murders everybody. I mean, everybody, not everybody. just, not just spoilers. No spoilers. Too many spoilers. That was the, that's in the open. The that's in the first opening. two minutes. First oh, two minutes. Fair this is literally the first fair three minutes of the series. Yeah. And um, he, and when he says everybody, including his own children, because he's like, I had to marry this swine and her little pig, you know, these little pig children of mine. Wow. Yeah, he Dylan Baker everyone. plays the head Nazi. I was and like, then, wow. And Lena wow. Olin, who Mama Bristow from <gasps> Alias, is I love the Lena Olin. Well, she's, and, she's oh, the wait, I haven't seen her yet. That's in sep- the second episode. She shows up in episode two. Her, her name's her name's in the opening credits of episode one, though. Yeah, I, I know her. I was looking for her, and I was yeah. like, "Where's she at?" Yeah, okay, cool. The Colonel. So she, um, she plays a bad. Yeah, of course well she done, plays a bad guy. She's a very good bad guy. She is. No, I love her. She's great. 
but yeah, I thought that the two hour premiere or the hour and a half premiere was fantastic. It was it's just enough to and then at the very end they introduce you to all these bizarre characters and I was like, Is that a nun? Like <laughs> you're just, and, you're just um, like what? Saul Rubinek and Carol Kane and Josh yeah. Radner, the lead of How I Met Your Mother is like he's just part of the ensemble cast. Yeah, so they introduce you to the rest of the cast at the very end of the episode, and it's pretty cool. I was like, all right, right, that's how you do a show, man. It's kind of like a superhero team, except for yeah, they, it's like Inglorious Bastards, the seventy nice. series. <laughs> uh, well, and, I'm on board for sure. Maybe yeah. I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, to give yourself a break from the other from Lock and Key, so you don't consu- overly consume. All right, yeah. so we're saying thumbs up, right? Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> if you guys have any th- uh, any questions or thoughts, you can send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, We Not Plus, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.